Hello. Welcome to Solomon's Temple. I'm kind of digging this whole uh, echoey vibe we got here in the new in the new house. It makes me seem like I'm actually in a temple. So uh, I want to like keep it, but I don't know. I'll probably have to just get better acoustics in the room or something. Or I can keep it, but no one really gives me any feedback on my show. So I guess you're okay with it. Or maybe you're not. But I do get uh, 88% of us. Uh, that are listening are uh, are listening to most of my episodes, if not all of them. So that's like a pretty good sign. So you know, people aren't like opting out because it's trash or whatever. I don't care what you think. I I like I, I like the work I do. I think it's sufficient. All you need to do is get the information. You know, it's not a big deal. Just be grateful that you have podcasts. At any rate, in this one, I sort of wanted to go over my opinion about how people talk when it comes to realities of a nature that make people upset. And it shouldn't be that we're here to gain one up over everyone and, and, and blast, put people on blast and just have a, have a good life in spite of everyone else suffering. That's, I don't, that's not the point. And I sort of wanted to cite you know, a, a political point of view from, from that of early, early Russia. In my opinion, things haven't changed much. Things have gotten better progressively, but things haven't exactly changed. There's still masses that are upset about people who control wealth and so forth. So I just thought I'd uh, do a little bit on rhetoric and just a little bit on on the uh, socialist idea. I pulled from uh, Frederick Engels in his um, spiel on social relations. So I'm sort of like imbuing that into the mix. Now, what is said with any sort of speech act, it, it gains force through its rhetorical style. And I do, I'm not, I am a man, however, that uh, produces enthymeme. I like syllogistic argument in order to structure out what people mean. Whether or not it's a good argument or a sound argument really depends on whether or not it's a logical fallacy or whether or not there is enough empirical data there to prop up and uh, explain through example, like with induction as well, that it's inductively solid. It needs to be deductively sharp, inductively solid, and genuine needs to feel genuine and it should be for the good for the good life it should aim high and have proper authority and when you speak you speak from authority because you are the author and this is a part of aristotle's politics politics are normative and prescriptive so you get a prescription you get it from an authority they say here i recommend this normative being its most uh example uh, exemplar it is the most seen common and recommended way it's like it's just common. It's like categorically, this is what makes sense because it's most common. And that's where we get democracy. Do you rule by majority or do you rule by a minority? It's a majority. So politics are normal and prescriptive rather than empirical or descriptive. And with syllogistic argument, you should be able to describe most readily what you're talking about. And you should have lots of empirical data and be inductive. But that's not the case necessarily for things um, where people talk on behalf of everything. But really, how is it that you may talk about everything if you're not everything? If you're, pres- if you're only prescriptive in some sense, or you're authoritative and normative, how could you exactly be empirical about everything else? You can't really describe the situation bes- be- uh, beside the point of view of like normative data, like dry, uh, prescriptive, you know, just... I'm handing you this, this is this. But the world isn't exactly that simple when it comes to what we get up to. And there you have 
the reason why uh, people run tyrannies through an oligarchical means or just like by a singular head, you know, top down. We see a lot of top down oppression. And that's where the whole socialist bloodsuckers, these bloodsuckers that suck the life out of everybody, um, even though we provide the means of, of all the wealth that gets generated, we're still, you know, and it's like this very hateful thing. And of course, you would respond with this polarizing event on the other side of that is, well, I have to make it seem like these people are terrible and that they're trying to break down the order of things. And really, the order of things may be okay. It's just the people that might not be okay. Like maybe the one trying to suppress the people attacking the order. And this is, um, the, you know, the point of view of, of Frederick Engels. And I can see that. We pay more attention to an individual rather than to the communal. So within communism, that's, it's easy to disregard a bunch of people. Then to stand out one thing, it becomes a hyper-focus. The lens becomes very clear rather than hazy and cracked. And with all these people, um, they just come along with, I, I just have to do my thing. I don't have access to everything. I am undermined by my habit and obeying law. And these laws serve to protect city-state as a final cause, a definitive aim. The definitive aim of city-state as a final cause in the politics protected by law and everyone's undermined by just the use of them just being habitual. Every state of things has its constitution. It is composed of certain values that are given. And for politicians, it is like a craftsman. And we're all politicians, but doesn't mean we're in office. We're like craftsmen as an efficient cause to sort of take what is constituted and move it and make it into something. And hopefully it is aligned with the aims of the whole or the final cause, the city-state. Aristotle thought that the middle class was the mean between the two extremes. It's weird that a lot of the middle class is more conservative because that... Um, because there's the common, which is almost everyone, including the middle class and above. And then there's those that rule, who own the thing, that's, that have every say in the world what happened, that make the rules, that control everything that there is, that control the controllers. You're less likely to commit horrible acts against the people when you're in the middle class versus when you're up top or down below. These, within that balance and framework, we have anger. And these sides are angry because they understand themselves to be slighted by someone unjustly. And you can hide whether or not you're justified by justifying. You just justify. It justify. So then where is the wisdom in who is being slighted and who is justified in being angry? Well, it's hard to point to who causes what when people are justified in their own position. And with speech, uh, in politics, there tends to be uh, that it doesn't just encourage nobility among the masses. It is there, I think, to control on behalf of rulers. So really, politicians are working for, as a craftsman, for the city-state or the rulers or the lawmakers that benefit from that. And that's what uh, Frederick Engels is saying. Like we, That keeps happening. So like, what are we going to do about this? Like These bloodsuckers, like these people that suck the life out of everyone else that's subjected to them. And that's just a very harsh speech. That isn't going to help anyone. That's not going to free up uh, the middle class that's protecting them either like hey you're you're part of this too like you're not exactly free from these people so there's me i lay out the frameworks and project them the best i can through my example and what i can give you through my own uh, means of induction and report and sort of break it down um, in a deductive way through enthymeme, but it's hard to break through on bias partisanship corruption and stubbornness 
in the way things have always gone. It's hard to see another way out when of course this reality must be real because it's always happened. It must be true because this has always gone on. You can't interpret it somewhere else. And the structure insists on keeping it that way and keeping people misled so that control may resume. Demagogues use rhetoric, demagoguery being, we reify this person because they crash around saying, you know, make America great again. That can mean so much for so many people. And what does that even mean? It's so abstract, but you just say stuff like that. And by the way, the Germans said that uh, before World War II, so I'll just leave you with that. Demagogues use rhetoric for overthrowing democratic order. So they more appeal to pathos than like logos. You should appeal more to logos because you can direct emotions and elicit certain responses. And it's done uh, to prey on your most primal things like through the amygdala. It just makes you react like bam. And emotions modify judgments. So it will tip where you fall on the uh, spectrum, the political spectrum. Could we blame that the animosity turning to violence, you know, happens from one space to another, but we have to overcome that somehow by more just means. And of course, we're we still seeing a problem with different political spectrums being attacked. Like we just saw Russia attack Ukraine. And in another way, even though we're maybe not on a different political spectrum, where there's some other means to generate harm on someone else for either useful means or through an emotive way we get people to do things. And we're being controlled in this way. And whatever you see on the media, you can assume that there is some control going on. And it, it isn't pure. And my guess is that it's not 100% on board with what should be. And again, hey, you know, I'm just... I'm just one little philosopher from the foothills, you know, who doesn't exactly know what he's talking about anyway. But in the end, there are ways that people want to control the outcomes. And we're situated as a result where when the means of producing things are not in control of certain groups, those certain groups do not have control over their lives. And when that happens, it's difficult for people to live good lives. So it's politically upsetting. I don't know how upset you could be when you have it all. Um, and I guess that's really um, Frederick, I would say that's probably Frederick Engels' uh, attitude in general. And politically, it's the art of legislating who gets to have more and more control. And democracy is a peaceful overthrow of the government every time you have an election, election cycle. So we're going to stop there. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time.